coming up on Prospectology, a preview of Monday's national championship title game between Alabama and Ohio State, as well as three more prospects to add to our list. That should be day three offensive line prospects, so stay tuned after a quick word from our sponsors. What's going on, all you Prospectology fans? It's your host, Luch, and we are back with episode 63 of Prospectology. Today, want to take a quick preview of the national championship game that should be happening this Monday, as far as I know, but with all the COVID things going on, the game could be pushed to January 18th, and if it does, I promise you to have a, a full preview of the game, but I'm just going to take a quick glimpse at the title game and give you uh, my prediction but uh, both these teams I think are evenly matched Ohio State playing very good football at the end of the year um, in a convincing uh, pretty much dominating win against Clemson Um, uh, Justin Fields has improved as the year has gone on and he has improved uh, far and away from last year uh, where I thought at times last year in the face of pressure, he would always try to tuck the ball away and uh, try to make plays with his legs. Whereas this time, he is very quick and patient with his uh, progressions and hitting open targets, um, especially Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, um, and even his tight ends, Ruckerson um, or Ruckerts. Uh, but they look like a very potent uh, opponent on offensive side of the ball. Their defense uh, still has some question marks there. I'm not very sure uh, how great of a fit it is for Sean Wade to be on the outside as an outside corner. I like him better at the nickel. Uh, but he's held his own. He's had some very good reps and some pretty bad reps. But um, Ohio State, I think... Their offense going against Alabama's defense, which has been uh, statistically pretty good, uh, getting some pressure. Uh, but however, the last few games, uh, Alabama's defense don't really impress me too much. They have a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball, but uh, they can tend to be out of position at times and not really wrapping up their tackles. Uh, but they do. Uh, play inspired and play to the whistle so uh, never know uh, just like Ohio State's defense but the key to this game will be uh, Ohio State and Alabama's offense I don't know if Jalen Waddell is fully healed from that ankle injury that he suffered Uh, but if he plays in the game that's just another elite playmaker for Alabama I think Either of these teams are going to score a lot of points. Wouldn't surprise me if it was a 56-48 game. Um, But I just have a hard time uh, with both these teams' defenses that it's not going to be a a back-and-forth type of thing. Uh, It's going to be come down to me personally which defense is going to step up and get those couple of key stops to give their offense the ball. And, and pull the game away. But um, if I had to bet right now, uh, as great as Alabama's offense is, uh, I was really impressed with how Ohio State's defense 
was able to contain Travis Etienne for Clemson and even uh, getting some pressure on uh, Trevor Lawrence and making him uncomfortable in the pocket. Uh, So look for them to try to do that against Mac Jones, who's purely a pocket passer, uh, needs a pretty stout offensive line in front of him, which he does have. Uh, We'll see how much time they can give him to go through his progressions and, and hit his playmakers and uh, be a big test for Najee Harris to, to get things going. But Ohio State on offense, same thing. Trey Sermon has really stepped up his game as of late. Um, and they do have playmakers on the outside with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Uh, so it's going to be a back-and-forth type of battle. It's going to be come down to which defense makes some of the key stops um, to get their offense the ball back to uh, put the game away. My gut wants to tell me Alabama is going to pull out this game. But uh, there's just something about Ohio State that I feel is playing too good on both sides of the ball right now. Uh, And they're very hyped up. They want to prove that they're a playoff team and deserving of this uh, national title. But give me Ohio State in a high one. Um, I'm going to say... uh, 52-48 Ohio State. Uh, I just don't think Alabama, uh, Alabama's defense um, will be able to make those key stops towards the end of the game after going back and forth, both defenses. Um, But give me Ohio State in a close one, although my gut's telling me Alabama. But if the game does get moved, I'll give you a full preview of it. But moving on to the next segment, of this episode, episode 63. If you missed my other episodes, please feel free to go listen to those. But I have three day three offensive line prospects that I want to talk about today, starting with Brady Christensen. Uh, he's from BYU, offensive tackle, number 67, if you want to go watch him. Uh, he's 6'6", 300 pounds. Watch him against UCF in their bowl game, uh, Coastal Carolina and Houston. Um he has very good strength and pop in his hands. Uh, he's great at holding the point of attack. He's smooth in his pass sets. Um, not, he doesn't get a lot of movement in the run game. Uh, speedy rushers, he has a hard time off the edge with them. Uh, he's a little stiff. Uh, doesn't really have too much bend or length. Uh, needs to get more depth in his pass sets. Needs to get a little wider. Uh, to be able to cut off angles of the defensive end. Uh, but stuff he can improve on just technique-wise. Um, great at redirecting defense alignment inside. Uh, he's got average lateral agility. Uh, you won't see him really uh, pull or or make any big plays like that. Uh more, I see him more as a right tackle or swing tackle at the next level. Uh, he's okay. He's adequate at climbing to the second level. Uh, and he's got decent athleticism. I, I like him bringing him in in the later rounds of the NFL draft and trying to build on things that he does well, just kind of clean up some of his technique. Uh, however, I like Brady Christensen. Just uh, there's a little, little nitpicky things to his game that I would like to uh, have him go into a 
NFL team and, and be able to polish some of those things out. But a uh, very good player in the later rounds to look for. Next player I want to take a look at, Sidarius Hutcherson out of South Carolina, number 50. 6'4", 320 pounds. Watched him against Tennessee, Florida, and Auburn this year. Uh, he's got very good power at the point of attack, raw power. Um, he has position flex, played both offensive guard and offensive tackle. He has a compact build, a very tight, um, just really compact. Uh, he's stout. He has a stout anchor in Passboro, able to redirect and absorb contact from the defense alignment. Good depth in his pass sets, um, blocking in space. He does a really good job playing to the whistle. Um, gets some push in the run game. Uh, has a hard time staying on blocks. Uh, his control and balance at times are pretty, uh, pretty bad. Uh, he gets a little too hop top heavy. Uh, he tends to overextend on on players. Uh, his length is gonna be an issue at the next level, and you can definitely see a player who moves around and plays stiff. His his hips are pretty stiff. Um, got okay foot speed though, um, and he's able to match power with uh, the defense alignment's power, but. Um, a later round offensive guard, I'd play him at more so than than a tackle because of that length. But um, yet again, another player to keep an eye on uh, to look at some traits that I think you can build off of uh, at the next level. But last prospect I want to take a look at today before we end this episode is Josh Sills from Oklahoma State. He's the left guard. For the Cowboys, he's number 73, 6'6", 320 pounds. Watched him against Texas, Iowa State, TCU, and Oklahoma this year. He was a grad transfer last year from West Virginia. Uh, he's built uh, like an offensive tackle, you see him. He's a, a brick house. Uh, uses his length to extend and control at the point of attack. Uh, he's got good lateral agility. A bit of a mean streak he'll... In a finisher, he'll look to put defenders on their back, and he does so um, quite often. He definitely keeps his head on a swivel, looking to help uh, either in pass pro or uh, on down block or drive blocks uh, with his, his teammates, looking to help them out. Uh, like I said, helping to pass off defenders, especially in Pass pro. Good on pulls and traps. Where he has that lateral agility to be able to get out, keep his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage, and f- always tries to find a tar- a target to hit. Um, always looking to put his hands on someone. He more of a a use. In a power or man blocking scheme, I, I think, uh, because they have that quick hurry up offense when he was at West Virginia, and same thing when he was with Oklahoma State uh, this year. But good timing and pop in his hands, pretty aggressive. Uh, sometimes he plays with a, as the play goes on, his pad level starts to climb, and you'll see him lose some some of that control. Um, sometimes I like the fact that he plays aggressive 
but uh, at times he can be over aggressive, uh, get him in trouble, um, and then just him on chip blocks, climbing to the second level. That's not his uh, forte. Uh, he gets kind of stuck uh, with when on double teams, but another late round day three offensive lineman that you can look at some of the traits that I've that I saw and be able to build off of that to have yourself a legit um, offensive guard at the NFL level. But that's all I have for you today on Prospectology. Stay tuned for episode 64 next week. Uh, and if the national championship game happens on Monday, enjoy that. And until next time, if you have any questions or prospects you want me to take a look at, hit me up at the Twitter, at Luch Bryant. But until then, take it easy, and I'm out.